cuts it back. 40, 45, 50. He's off to the races. Down the left sideline. To the 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Aaron Jones. Oh, what a play. This is the Quick Slants Podcast. Game on Wisconsin and the Quick Slants podcast are brought to you by Artec Ventures. The goal at Artec Ventures is to collaborate closely with founders throughout all the investment and fundraising stages, turning their visions into successful companies. Since 2020, Artec Ventures has helped turn great ideas into profitable businesses that make an impact on industries, communities, and beyond. Welcome back, everybody, to the Quick Slants podcast at Game on Wisconsin, and a belated Merry Christmas to everyone. I am your host, Jason Perrone. You can find me on Twitter, at Jason Perrone. You can follow Game on Wisconsin, at Game on WI. I hope everybody had a wonderful holiday and is gearing up for the end of 2021, ringing in 2022, and the Packers get another victory, this time against the Cleveland Browns at Lambeau Field on Christmas Day, 24-22. A drama-filled game that we're going to talk about a little bit here. And then we'll get into what lies ahead for the Green Bay Packers on this Monday edition. We'll call it a Victory Monday because they still got a win, and it's Monday. Victory Monday edition of the Quick Slants podcast. So thanks, everybody, for being here. So let's talk about the Browns game. Let's start with that. So the Packers get the win, 24-22. Aaron Rodgers. Passes Brett Favre as the all-time touchdown passer in Packers history with his first scoring throw of the day to Alan Lazard. Aaron Rodgers has thrown more touchdown passes than any other quarterback in Packers history. I just, again, take a minute, reflect how fortunate we've been to watch some great quarterbacks play for this team over the last 30 years and counting, and hopefully we're not done watching it yet. An absolutely fantastic achievement by Aaron Rodgers. He had himself a pretty good day. Devontae Adams, 10 catches over 100 yards, two touchdowns. That's becoming kind of the expectation for Devontae, and he had some tough moments. He had the very uncharacteristic drop on what would have been a big third down conversion. It would have led to probably a much easier end to this game. Instead, the Browns end up getting the ball down two. They need only a field goal to win. They're driving, and... Baker Mayfield throws his fourth pick of the day, the second on the day for interception machine, Russell Douglas, and the Packers escape and maintain their top spot uh, in the NFC as the number one seed. And that is the quick version of this game. The Packers survive the Cleveland Browns and obviously a lot of rushing yards from the Browns and running back Nick Chubb. So we'll talk about that. But I want to start first. Let's start with all the complaints that, And this happens every time the Packers win a game or there's any kind of a close call. All the complaints about the Packers getting all the the calls from the officials. Now, they do get some. We're not going to argue that. All is obviously not true. You don't get all the calls. I mean, we could talk about some times that the Packers did not benefit from a call by the refs both this season, last season. Uh, Obviously, all is too much. But I don't, and I've said before, I don't do the blame the refs thing. Because ultimately, it's just not something that can be controlled. There's going to be calls that go against the Packers that we're not going to like. There's going to be calls that the Packers get that we are going to like. In this game, specifically the last interception by Russell Douglas, 
you know, did he have a handful of Donovan Peoples-Jones shirt, jersey? Yes, he did. Was it a hold by the letter of the law? Yes, it was. They didn't call it. And it's not the first time that the NFL has not called defensive holding on that play or pass interference, whichever you want to call it. Earlier in the game, Kenny Clark looks to face mask Baker Mayfield. They don't call it. The refs don't always see it. The Packers have absolutely had face masks not called because the official didn't have the angle that they needed in order to make the call. It happens. It's a game that happens very fast and humans officiate the game and that's just an uncontrollable that you have to be aware of. Now, Twitter is great at keeping receipts and there were a lot of screen grabs. I saw a lot of screen grabs of of the NFC Championship game last year where Tampa defender is, is holding Alan Lazard. I mean, he's tugging his jersey so hard as his shoulder pads practically popped out from underneath his jersey in the conference championship game. It was a no call and that was that was a game for the chance to go to the Super Bowl. So if we want to talk about not that you know you you the magnitude should make officials do their job better, but it happens. You know, there was there was at least one clear hold that I thought was missed on that very opening drive, the the opening possession by the Browns on a play that ultimately ended up going for 40 yards. That was a Nick Chubb run. Darnell Savage gets the low block penalty at 15 yards on that. The Browns walk into the end zone. Quick six points. So it just, if we're going to get upset when our team doesn't get the calls, let's just, you know, let's take it when they do get one. And to those who are saying the Packers get all the calls, you probably support a team that needs help from the officials if they're going to win more games. Because ultimately, make it not matter. Score enough points that it doesn't matter. And that sounds very easy and simple and eye rolls and cliche and all that other kind of stuff. And it's easy to say, well, it's hard to make it not matter when your team is getting all the calls. Maybe, you know, <laughs> J.J. Watt, right? You know how the saying goes. Maybe the Packers are just better. That's that's it. And I guess it's Preston Smith who, who said, I'll give him the credit for it. Just, you know, in this case, yes, it was it was big given the timing. But if you're going to throw the ball to the other guys four times in a game, I don't know that Cleveland necessarily was the most deserving of a victory. All right. Now, next, and and before I get to this next point, I preface it that I have commonly referred to these NFC-AFC games as weird. We just saw two in a row. I said it last week on the the recap, the post-game show with Jacob Wessendorf after the Packers beat the Ravens. These games are weird. They don't. The teams aren't familiar with each other. All that kind of stuff. And the Packers had to survive the Ravens on the road. The same Ravens team who got boat raced by the Bengals on Sunday, by the way. So now there's a lot of people who are questioning just how good are the Packers if they barely squeak by and the Bengals are beating the, the Ravens as, hard, as handily as they do. First of all, those are divisional opponents. They're more familiar with each other. And week to week, the NFL changes. So it is weird. It's an uncommon opponent, but the defense, yes, they got the four picks. And those four interceptions actually turned into 21 of the 24 points. So finally, the defense forces a turnover. The offense makes Cleveland pay. So who knows? If if Baker plays a clean game, who knows if Cleveland wins this game? Because Nick Chubb ran all over the Packers, and we'll get to that. But, and I guess let's get there now. The defense, they are just not stopping the run well. This was the third straight game 
that the Packers have given up over 130 rushing yards. And it's the third time this season that they've given up more rushing yards and passing yards in a game. So the good news is they're stopping the pass, which is very vital in today's NFL and very important. And don't get me wrong, that's what you got to do. But they are not stopping the run. With or without Kenny Clark, they are not stopping the run. And the Browns had 219 of those rushing yards. That's an abysmal stat and performance for a team that wants to compete for a championship. You can't do that at home. You can't do that. Kenny Clark is back. Now, he came back off the COVID list. I don't know if he was sluggish at all or if there was any residual there. Kingsley Kiki in street clothes on the sideline. Don't ask me why. I don't get that. 219 yards. So... The Packers knew they were facing one of the best backs in the league. Uh, Baker Mayfield has not been having a great season. So coming in, you know that this thing is going to be centered around Chubb. If you're game planning, if you're Joe Barry and Matt LaFleur, you know that Nick Chubb is the focus. He's the center point of this offense. And if he gets going, they can do whatever else they want to do. If he doesn't, they're going to struggle and the Browns are going to play really bad. Really, really bad. So no surprise, it's not going to be the Baker Mayfield laser light show. Your game plan had to be, your focus had to be to contain Chubb and the run. Easier said than done. Uh, The Packers wanted no part of that. Chubb had 17 carries, 126 yards. He averaged 7.4 yards per carry. That's, you know, that's two down territory right there. That's, That's a Nick Chubb run and a first down pickup. A Nick Chubb run and a first down pickup. Now, to be fair, again, this is one of the best backs in the league. This was his fifth 100-yard game this season. He's had, and in two others, he was over 90. So this guy gets his yards. He's, he's tough against anybody. You know, if, there, if there's another defense that was better, that's better than Green Bay's that's played the Browns this season, they probably gave up a decent amount of yards as well. Right? So he was going to get some. But the Packers, if they were focused on stopping the run, and this still happened, then look out come the postseason. Because when teams are there, they're there because they're good at most everything. Once you get to the divisional round, teams are good at everything. They run the ball, they pass the ball well, they got good defense. So unless the other guys are going to throw it to you four times a game like Baker Mayfield did, and I don't think the Packers are going to get that lucky again this season, then it's going to be tough to win a lot of games. And Merry Christmas to you too, Kevin Stefanski, Cleveland Browns coach, for trying to throw your way to victory at the end of the game because had they had the balls to stick with what got them there and run Chubb, they may damn well have won the game on a field goal or hell, he could have just walked in on a long touchdown run after seven guys missed a tackle. And the Packers, are they lose, and now they have to scratch and claw and get help on their way back to being that one seed if that's their goal. And we'll talk about the NFC and the the positions and the standings in a second. Teams can run on this defense. It's a problem. And even with Jair Alexander and if Zadarius Smith comes back, those two are not going to fix that run issue. They're not going to fix that. That's not going to make much of a difference. Maybe a little bit. You know, now I get, listen, just win. Style points don't matter. So it doesn't matter if they won by two or, you know, they, they, that counts just as much as the shutout win against Seattle. Which and and you know since the Seattle game, the Packers have uh, have given up close to thirty points in in most games. Obviously not in this game, but in most of their games, they've given up more points than they were coming into that. 
But I, I personally would like to see the defense turn in a statement game or two over these next two weeks. And if they don't and they win anyway, who cares? Okay, they just they won. But I would like, just for my optics and my own peace of mind, I would like to see a statement game by the defense. Now you have Dalvin Cook, who's likely coming back this week if he gets off the COVID reserve list. Cook has run on the Packers the last two times they faced Green Bay. We'll talk about the Vikings in a minute. This run situation is one the Packers are going to have to survive. Nothing is magically getting fixed versus the run now in week 17. Even if everyone comes back from injury. So it is what it is. They have to figure it out. Whatever's caused them to stop tackling, that needs to get fixed. That was something they were doing very well. They have not done that now again. Nick Chubb is hard to tackle. He's hard to tackle by a lot of defenses. You got, you know, the Packers have A.J. Dillon. We get it. Big back, wintertime, not fun. Things happen. But this team needs to be peaking now. This defense is playing okay. They're making some big plays. I mean, it's hard to say that they were not good. They got four picks. They could have had five. If Eric Stokes can catch, he gets a big interception. There's a couple plays that that could have been made that would have made this victory a little bit easier and we're not gnashing teeth over it. If Devontae catches a third down ball, if Stokes hangs on to that fifth pick, or for the, which would have been the fourth pick, maybe the other pick doesn't even happen, then things things change. But, you know, I, I think the Packers can peak. I think they can get back there. I don't doubt it. But, for example, in this next game, if Cook gets loose and somehow wrecks this next game, it's a trend then, and it's a problem trend, and the Packers are uh, suddenly not getting a week off, probably going to have to play on the road at some point against a team that's going to be peaking. And that team is probably going to be the Dallas Cowboys. And as much as we can say that the Packers own Jerry World and Aaron Rodgers owns the Cowboys and all that kind of stuff, it's just different this year. It's just different this year. So, you know, I don't I don't want to see things going in the wrong direction here. So turn in a big statement game against a divisional opponent, send the Vikings home, remind them who's boss. I think that'll make people feel better about the defense. Offensively, Rodgers did some really good things. No turnovers for the Packers. Adams has the big day. Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon combined for hundred yards. No sacks. The offensive line keeps Aaron Rodgers clean. Miles Garrett back off the COVID list. He didn't get home at all. Credit the O-line. The second and third teamers keep getting it done while we wait and wait and wait for David Bakhtiari. And we keep waiting on the news of Billy Turner and Josh Myers' recoveries. We had no MVS, no Randall Cobb. So Adams and Lazard had to carry the load with a little bit of contribution from Mercedes Lewis and Josiah DeGuara, who were not supposed to be your prime tight end contributors, but they had to catch some balls and they had to be the, the guys. Both backs are helping out there. Dylan and Aaron Jones had some catches. You know, if you get one more touchdown, if Devontae catches that third down ball and the Packers can score, you get one more touchdown, you're over 30, and we probably feel better about the performance of the day. It's as simple as that. So I'm not making excuses for having to punt five times, which the Packers did. But with Rodgers under center, I'm always probably going to give more of the benefit of the doubt and, and say, I think they'll be okay. I think they can figure it out. If they have to put a drive together, I think they can do it. It's not a given. 
you know, Rodgers under pressure. You still got to find your guys. You still, they still have to get open. And uh, we've seen some very lackluster performances in the postseason that have ended the, the Packers' hopes, and they've ended the season. So I'm not just going to blindly say, oh, they'll figure it out, and they'll definitely be okay. But I'm not as concerned here as I am with the defense. I think the defense has a little bit more to show and a little more to do in stepping up and being ready for some of the prime competition they're going to get in the playoffs. Special teams were fine in this game. No issues. Hallelujah. Let's move on. Mari Rogers was okay. Bajorquez punted fine. Crosby makes his field goals and extra points. Let's move on. Let's move on. Good job, Mo Drayton. So, two games left for the Packers. And with the Cardinals losing to the Colts on Christmas Day, uh, the Cardinals did not have as merry of a Christmas as the Packers did. Arizona's not even leading their own division anymore. The Rams are now the division leader. So Arizona has removed themselves from it, it all season long, kind of being the, the team that the Packers had to chase after. Well, they're suddenly going the wrong direction. They're, they're not even leading their division right now. So your biggest contenders for that one seed are down to the Dallas Cowboys, who absolutely curb stomped the Washington football team on Sunday night, and your defending champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who have Tom Brady. So they'll rip your heart and soul out, show it to you, and then eat it in front of you. So this thing ain't over, and it's it ain't going to be easy for the Packers. But fortunately, all the Packers have to do is, is win their next two games. They don't have to get help. They don't have to watch any scoreboards. They don't have to hope for anything. They just need to win. And they they get the bye. They're the one seed. They get the week off. End of story. But if we're looking for any reinforcement, if you're looking for a little bit of a cushion, the Cardinals do go to Dallas and face the Cowboys this next week where Arizona has been at their best, which is on the road away from the nest. But without D-Hop, they're not going to have DeAndre Hopkins. That's going to be a tough task. Dallas has a really good defense. And Kyler Murray has not looked great since he's come back from his ankle injury, which ironically suffered against the Packers. So the Cardinals are just, they're they are trying to survive at this point. They're hoping that they can get some help. Don't know if they're going to get it. The Rams are playing very well. The Rams beat the Vikings. And that's going to impact the Vikings coming in because the Vikings now have their backs against the wall. And they've got to, they've really got to get some things figured out if they want to make the playoffs. And if they want to save some jobs on that team. So need the Packers to be hitting their stride. Because our old friend Mike McCarthy has his crew humming in Dallas. And they need to regain their peak. Because number one, they just need to finish strong. They need to keep their confidence high. And it's very doable. They've got two games against teams that they're better than. And they're both divisional games. And these are things that are going to help boost the Packers. You know, you got to win your divisional games. But number two, on that note, if Dallas wins out, the Packers are going to have to win both of their games because uh, Dallas holds the tiebreaker over the Packers. So if the Packers don't beat the Vikings and Dallas wins out, Dallas is your one seed because they are 9-1 and one in the NFC. They have been phenomenal. The only conference game they lost was their first game of the season against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a game that Dallas was in and maybe could have had a chance to win. Had they won that game, the Packers would probably have a really tough time being the one seed. So the Packers can still finish ahead of Tampa if they don't win both of the last two, but they'll have to win at least one if they want to stay ahead of the Bucs. So the easy, easy answer is just win. 
because if you're going to play Dallas, listen, the Cowboys are good. They're a good team, but I'll take my chances on them playing on, on an outdoor surface in the cold with some weather factoring into the equation versus them being in the comforts of their room temperature Jerry world. Cause I'm telling you right now, the Packers aren't going to win every game there. Their luck's going to change at some point. And it would be just our luck to see that happen this season when we have another chance, another another Packers team that has a chance to win a championship and just cannot, they can't do it. So, but let's, you know, before we focus too far ahead, let's focus on this next week. Let's talk some Vikings. So I'll have a more thorough breakdown on Thursdays as I usually do because by then we'll have some updates on the team when they resume practice. We don't know as, we don't know a ton right now because they're not going to have anything till Wednesday when the team resumes practice and Hopefully, we don't have any surprise news about injuries or COVID list ads or anything that might change the complexion of the game, at least on the Packers side. You know, what on the Vikings side, whatever. Do your thing. They're, get, they're hoping to get Dalvin Cook back off the COVID list. And after losing to the Rams, they're fighting for their lives. Mike Zimmer's coaching for his job. And this should sound familiar because this was also the case the last time they met. And the Vikings went out and won. Because I think had they not won that game, I think things would be a lot different right now. And this Vikings team would be coming and laying down. And this would be much easier. But the Packers did not get it done last time. And so now they still have to contend with a Vikings team who is in desperation mode. And teams who are in desperation mode game plan differently. This is a playoff game for the Vikings. And the Packers need to approach it with that same level of urgency. I don't want to lean on meaningless history here. I keep talking about what's happened so far this season, but with the Vikings having gotten a win in Green Bay last season and after how poorly the Packers defended Minnesota's offense last time, I'm not going to say that I think the Vikings win, but I do have this heightened sense of wanting Green Bay to bring their A game against a team that they're better than and because of the recent struggles and what this game means to Minnesota. I don't want any sort of drama or disaster at Lambeau to start the calendar year 2022. Let's not do that. You know, as Mike McCarthy famously said, I'm not in the mood for drama. So Matt LaFleur and Joe Barry hopefully approach this game with the same urgency and they want to remind the Vikings that they're second rate. They're not worthy of the postseason. And let's be the one to send them home and end their season and their playoff hopes. Let's just do that. So again, it's still too early to break down anything further, but essentially the Packers need to find a way to do a very tough thing, which is manage both Dalvin Cook and throw Kirk Cousins around all day. That defensive front needs to have a day. They're going to have their hands full. And, you know, let's maybe not have Kingsley Kiki, Kingsley effing Kiki on the sidelines while he's healthy. Right? Let's maybe start there and we'll see if we get any news and if there's any surprises and if we get fortunate and have a chance to see some of our guys come back. I don't know if Zadarius or Jair are even remotely close. It just seems like the, the longer this thing goes on, that the, the less likely it is that we're going to see them come back, at least before the end of the regular season. So we shall see. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to this Monday edition of the Quick Slants Podcast. Get over to Game On Wisconsin. We'll be back at it. Took a little time for the holidays. Thanks, everybody, for being patient and giving us some time to be with our family and our friends. But we are back at it, starting with, obviously, the Quick Slants Podcast and all of our live shows. And our written pieces over at the website. That's Game On WI. We can follow us at Game On WI on Twitter. 
Follow follow me. I'm at Jason Perone. If you have any questions, comments, thoughts, agreements, disagreements, tweet me. Let me know what you want to want to hear me talk about. I'll be back on Thursday with a breakdown of Packers Vikings with a chance for Green Bay to send Minnesota home crying and take a step closer to being that number one seed in the NFC. As always, everybody, stay safe, stay warm, and go Pack Go. Rodgers fakes the handoff. Quick throw right side. There's Devontae from right to left. Cutting left to the 50, to the 45, 40. Track down from behind. 